right, welcome to Comic Chat number 71. I am your host, Glendon McGee. I'm a 10-year comedian in the Phoenix, Arizona area. I'm originally from Compton, California. Uh, You can find me on Facebook, Glendon McGee. That's Glendon G-L-E-N-D-O-N. McGee, M-C-G-E-E. And you can also find me on IG or Insta or the Gram, whatever they call it, at GM3 Comedy. That's uh, at GM, the number three, and the word comedy. And you will find me uh, there promoting shows and whatnot and basically uh, posting jokes are screenshotting my jokes from Facebook. I really don't even leave them on Facebook after I um, screenshot them. Uh, Today's date is uh, Tuesday, March the 1st, 2022. Uh, We've already uh, zoomed through the first two months of this very beautiful, very awesome, very positive, very abundant new year and it is the beginning of March the uh, St. Patty's month (laughs) Uh, yeah you can find this uh, podcast on Spotify Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts Radio Public and Breaker And also right here on this lovely casting platform uh, called Anchor. Uh, Before I get started, I just want to say that I love all of you. And I am tremendously happy and I am ceaselessly grateful and super excited for you um, tuning in and listening to another episode of Comic Chat. I know that I'm gotten a bit militant over the last few episodes uh but i don't know that's just pretty much where my spirit has been going i've been having an interesting time trying to write uh, because i have written some some crazy jokes where i've written i wrote a joke where i compared quitting drinking to coming out as gay and that was pretty interesting because uh, as you may or may not know Sunday February 27th was the uh, four year anniversary of me uh, putting the bottle down and uh, I am proud of myself for doing that because it was a 15 year uh, nuisance and I can't say that you know, it was all bad because I did have some terrific times while being drunk off my ass. But I also had some depressing times. It's crazy because um, I knew, like, I knew that I was alcoholic, and, and like, 
I finally accepted it around like maybe I want to say three, four years before I uh, stopped, I accepted it, and uh, what made me realize that I was an alcoholic really was that whenever I got drunk, especially if I drank something dark, I'd always listen to the most like racist music. Like I would listen to uh, what Shotgun Boogie by uh, Ernie, Ernie Tennessee Ernie Ford. That was my shit. Whenever I was drunk off my ass, I don't know why I like that fucking racist song when he talking about shooting rabbits, but we all know he talking about shooting niggas. <laughs> but but the crazy part about it is he looked like Caesar Romero, so. It's weird, but I love I love that damn song. That was like one of my go-to um, drunken songs, and I used to listen to a lot of Louis Armstrong too. It was oh man, it was a crazy time when I was, you know, when I was in that place because like it went from a gradual, it went from a gradual like drinking to socially drinking to me just drinking by myself like every day like if I didn't have to go and do a show I was getting hammered if I had to do a show I was getting hammered and then I would like stop maybe two hours before I had to go do the mic or a show so I could be sober enough to perform because I did not like drunken me drunken comedy me he was so loud and, and belligerent on stage. It, it was it was always funny though. I always I say this all the time. It was always funny. I would play the the recording and I would get big laughs. But I did not like the uh, the slurring and like my voice was kind of squeaky because when I yell, my voice squeaks and it's uh, it's very annoying. And usually I'd be very reckless with my words. And that's why it was funny because I was really saying shit that I shouldn't have been saying. So I chose to like not drink before going up because I didn't want that guy to come out. And I didn't want to make a whole comedy career of being that drunk ass dude. Because I didn't I just didn't want to be one of those dudes that had to be drunk or high to do stand up. I can do stand-up high, but I don't have to be high to do stand-up. Like, I know people that they got to have, like, two beers before they go up. And that may not even get them drunk. It just get them buzzed enough to, to calm down the voices in their own head and, like, the nerves and shit. But I just, I like to be clear-headed on stage. But if I am high, I kind of just, it is an enhancer because... I can be more open to my surroundings and I can feel the room because you can read the room with your eyes and feel the room with like the rest of your body if you're really in tune with yourself. So when I'm high, I can kind of feel if the audience is with me and I can kind of go off script and riff a little bit more confidently if I'm feeling what the room is doing. But I do not have to be I don't have to be under any influence of any substance to be funny. 
and that's uh, one thing I kind of pride myself on because I see a lot of uh, people and it's it's like people that's been in it longer than me that struggle still with getting up in front of people just being up there is is such an ex- anxious moment for them before they uh, their name is called or even when they're like two guys uh, behind the guy that's already up they uh, they start experiencing the nerves and shit and uh, so they have to do some shit to to calm that shit down uh, which is understandable because having a bunch of people staring at you and you don't know what the fuck's gonna come out of your mouth and if they're gonna like it it can be some uh, adrenaline rush type shit yeah, it's, uh, I've been sober from alcohol for four years, and I have no desire to go back. Like I said last week, I can, I can be around it, I can see people drinking it, and I, and I don't get tempted. So I, I had to take a little time during this podcast to just pat myself on the back because that's something I'm learning how to do which is motivate myself because I have uh, very little memories of positive reinforcement that didn't have to do with me uh, being handicapped most of the positive things I heard was you're handicapped that doesn't mean anything you can do what other people can do and that like But I never actually heard, like, you're smart. You can do it. (laughs) Actually, I never actually heard, like, you're a genius. Like, I never had that that type of positive uh, reinforcement. And uh, I learned that you can do that to yourself. So I'm starting to learn how to do it to myself. Because I'm trying to change the... uh, the frequency of my thinking and the relationship I have with my uh, reality, the negative rela- relationship I have with my reality. And uh, that's basically due to me uh, having a lot of negative things told to me, a lot of people telling me that I can't do anything or I won't do anything or uh, I should just uh, not try because I'm handicapped and there's no way that I can do it. It's already impossible. So, you know, things like that. So I'm learning as a 39-year-old man how to uh, motivate myself. So it's uh, it's going pretty well for me. A lot of people don't really want to talk about the uh, the motivation or the meditation or anything. Everybody want a quick fix. They want like a pill or a supplement that they can take and and they can fix your problems. Like if, if there was like an enemy energy enemy, if there was like an energy drink to to take away all your problems and all the things that you didn't understand or all the things that you perceive as a struggle, it would be a trillion dollar industry. People will be drinking that drink like two, three, four, maybe five to ten a day just because they won't have to deal uh, with their own own problems and that's uh, why we have all this projection and 
uh, encouraged pettiness. And it's not even the fact that it's people that's young doing this petty shit. It's it's people my age and older, 35 plus, being petty. When we should be laughing at the younger generation for being petty because we already know what being petty leads to. And the thing about uh, this generation is so entitled. So entitled that we don't pay attention to how negative we are. And this is myself included because before I started meditating, maybe the first year I was sober, I was not completely positive like I am now. I was starting to get that way because I was um, feeling better because I was not intoxicated and I was starting to release some of the toxins through like sweat and shit like that so um, I was uh, starting to regain a little bit of myself but I was um, I wasn't totally like I love you and uh, you know I appreciate everyone and I'm so glad to be here and I wasn't quite there yet so when I say like the, the, the pettiness and the entitlement, I was a part of that shit too. Like we're we're so entitled, but we don't check our own negativity. We accuse, we charge people with being negative to us while blindly being negative to other people. And it is um, it is poisonous to to your dreams because negativity is a killer. I'm not saying that you got to be happy all the time. That's fucking impossible. But if you out there shooting shots at people, you know, trying to troll, or trying to make some, trying to lower somebody's vibration, then you going to um, Attract that which you wish to project onto another person, onto yourself. But the reason why we go through all this pettiness is because it's accepted. Like, I I hate that I always talk about social media, but it is the biggest uh, influence that we have. Like, we, most of us really believe that our social media accounts are a separate life. Like, you don't have your bills and problems and uh, relationship issues and, you know, resentment coming from family and trauma. You don't, you don't have any of that on social media. You're this totally different person who's, like, successful and funny through memes. And you, you, you win a lot of arguments, that that mean absolutely nothing. That's that's basically your uh, online identity. If you get a bunch of reacts for like trolling or arguing with people, then you're like a god on social media. Either that or you're being desperate on fucking TikTok because everybody thinks that they have the same stuff that celebrities have, and not a lot of us have it. People tell me I have it, but I 
I still think I have a lot of work to go, you know, as a comedian. So as far as the uh, uh, PR part, yeah, I'm like leaps and bounds behind the game because I'm still anti-social as hell. I'm really uh, not open to the people. I guess because a lot of people are seem fake to me. And if I be real with you and then I say something truthful, it's probably going to hurt you and then you're going to be mad at me and shit because I said some some real shit. And I really, uh, it's really, it makes it hard for me to be open to, to a lot of people because they can't accept that honesty and I cannot uh, be unauthentic to suit other people. Because then I'm not being honest, authentic or true to myself. Therefore, lowering my vibration and not showing love to myself or that person that I'm dealing with. So it, it causes a lot of social problems because um, a lot of people have this idea of normal. And if you try to step outside of that, then you're like a weirdo and most people don't want to deal with you or if they do deal with you they do not desire for other people to know that they deal with you and and that brings me to the main point of all this that I'm saying is I know I probably said it before is grow some fucking balls We need to get back to where we used to have balls. Where you can tell somebody, hey, fuck you. And the most they'll say is, fuck you. Not, I'm going to kill myself after I write a 30-page manifesto on Facebook for everyone to read and react to and, and try to talk me out of in the comments. Because that's the, that's the type of generation we are in. And that was kind of like, I know I'm going to sound like a, a old, old white man who loves sports a little too much. That was the problem with the, uh, the participation trophy era. It just boosted entitlement. And it kind of destroyed the work ethic of the young. Because now they don't care about the competition or the game or even the challenge of being getting better at the game. Because they don't have to. They got a trophy just like the people who actually won. And then they actually were like, let's take the score out of games. Then we just playing with a ball for no fucking reason if you're going to take the score out of the fucking game. And that was the start of all this, like, touchy-feely BS. Now Now everybody can complain about everything, and we just have to accept it as a truth, giving validation to any mad dumbass that can yell loud enough.
But I guess, you know, it does have some benefits. We do have uh, DoorDash, so you really don't have to go to fast food places and and uh, deal with the drive through and you know, annoying cashiers and them, like, fucking up your order and shit. You don't have to worry about that. I mean, it does have some advantages, but I do, I do feel like it has weakened us socially more than it has strengthened us. Because I don't think we... I know that the internet is a very, very useful invention, but I don't think a lot of us have the capacity to use it for uh, its design purpose. And I'm not talking about, like, like I'm some scholar that I'd be, like, looking up all in types of important, important shit. No. I'm looking at dumb shit, too. Which kind of validates why I'm saying what I'm saying. It's, I think technology is a little too good for us. Because we lost a sense of who we are. Now everybody feel like they can hate everybody. Because they have the shield of social media. And it's crazy. And then people who who aren't even like talentless people who just have the drive are are making it to high places and failing epically. But people are like, at least you made it, which is another side effect of the participation trophy era. Alicia, making it is good enough. Not making it and sustaining. Not making it, sustaining and blowing into like a megastar. Just, just, just having an attempt at making it and then falling flat on your face. It teaches us to settle and to limit our belief and where we can go. We limit our belief in our own potential when there is no goal. And when everybody gets a trophy, that eliminates the goal of the the game or whatever it is you're, you're competing for. There's no goal. Now everybody's goalless. Asking for shit. Then it's like, uh... If you don't do what I say, I eliminate you from my push button network. It's crazy, man, because half of us don't even know how to judge ourselves, but we just be judging the whole world, free reign, willy-nilly, just judging. Which, like, which was interesting because I, um, I'm in first, I think first Kings now on my journey through the Bible. I think I'm on first Kings and at the beginning of uh, first Kings, it tells a story about uh, King Solomon and how all he asked the Lord was for the ability to judge 
correctly. He didn't ask for money. He didn't ask for kingdom. He didn't ask for anything. He just wanted the ability to be a just king. He didn't ask for a bunch of wives and riches or anything like that. He just wanted the ability to be a great judge. And it was, um, that struck me, man, because I think a lot of us are judges, but I don't think we have the proper criteria to judge. Especially in this generation, because I think that a lot of people in this generation, they are judging because of the guilt that they feel in their own life. Like before I started meditating and and trying to find a deeper spiritual meaning of life, I used to, you know, talk shit and project onto people, judge people. I still do to an extent, but it's a lesser extent than what it used to be. And now that I uh, think back to myself, before I I got on this path, there was a lot of fear-based judging going on on my part. Because I felt like that person may have had something that I didn't. There was fear and there was... uh, Feelings of feelings of inadequacy, and you know, just misguided assumptions, and not really seeing the true beauty of myself. And I'm not saying that I'm completely cured of that, because I'm not. But I um, I believe that I am getting better. Uh, every day and that's really uh, my goal is to get better every day and uh, that's all my goal is for, for, for all of you is to try to be better people uh, daily because uh, nobody's perfect and we all have flaws, but we all have the uh, the choice to change. And I always say that on this, on this podcast. If you're going through something, like I went through my addiction or whatever, you're going through something, it could be just a terrible time right now in life, not even addiction. It could just be not dealing well in relationships, not really knowing where you are, not knowing who you are, needing to to find yourself, that's okay. Because a lot of people are are going through things and you're not the only one. You are loved, you are beautiful, and uh, you are worthy of great things and you will find your way out. The universe will deliver you to your destiny. Because that's the one thing we don't understand about reality. No matter what we do, our destiny will be met because that is our whole purpose of living is to just live as the universe desires us to live we have the free will to make choices we have the free will to be negative 
are positive. And I've had a, a whole ton of the negative. I won't say that these last four years have been the only positive, but they have indeed been the most positive I've um, experienced, at least as an adult. Because there was a lot of struggle and I was trying to uh, figure out how to sustain myself after going through like homelessness and shit and trying to find some type of stability and, you know, just trying to live. Um, And I started to feel like I didn't have nobody. So it was really, I started living in survival mode. So I really didn't care about how much I had. At least if I had something, I was fine. If it was enough for me to survive on, I was fine. I never really cared to be like, I I deserve more. Or I deserve better than this. I was just always like, well, at least I got this. So it, so it, it created a lot of uh, limiting programmings and beliefs in my mind and and it created this like limit this limited experience that I'm currently experiencing right now in my life so I've um, I've learned to to be more positive and expect bigger things and to not be so um, negative in my perception of myself so that I can attract Uh, the beautiful things of life that we all deserve. Like, because TV and and cartoons and movies, they always try to influence you not to love yourself, outwardly express the love that you have for yourself, that is always uh, portrayed as uh, vain or egotistical. And I think that's just some type of psychological ploy to create a subconscious dependency on other people's opinions. And I think that's why social media has the stronghold it has on our mentality and uh, our perception of ourselves. Because we've been taught to not say, I am awesome. I am beautiful. I am the dopest comedian alive. They tell you not to say that. That's considered arrogant. Boastful and prideful and disrespectful and all the other uh, adjectives you can you can find. If that's even the proper term I use, look at me trying to be overly smart. I'm like the the the, the crippled version of TI that only has like a high school education. <laughs> so I, I try to talk a little bigger than 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 the knowledge that I carry, but I don't usually I usually don't say things that I don't understand or I do not know the meaning of. So I, I guess I have some type of in- intelligence going on in this brain of mine, but yeah, it's 
it's crazy how we just we just judge man we just judge and we just expect people to do as we say or I'm cutting you off it's so easy for us to just be like I'm done with you because everybody has an overblown sense of how important they are. We are all important. But we are of equal importance to one another. No one is more important than anyone else. And a lot of people who are having these demands and then they have these loud vocal uh, shows of emotion... If you ask them if they have any problems or what's wrong with them, they probably would tell you, nothing is wrong with me. I don't have any problems. It's them. It's not me. It's everybody else. And those are the most dangerous people. The ones who avoid accountability. Accountability. (laughs) Accountability. Because usually those people can't see themselves for who they truly are. And then they disconnect or ruin a lot of relationships and then wonder why they by themselves. How you treat other people is a reflection of how you subconsciously feel that you should be treated. So if you treating people like shit then subconsciously you feel like that is the treatment that you deserve. And I learned that while drinking because when I was an alcoholic, I was uh, surly for lack of a better term. I'm kind of still that way, but... I'm more approachable now and I'm more like my spirit is lighter and, and I'm, I laugh more and smile more and I'm more open to people approaching me. When I was drunk, it was days where I'd be like, just leave me the fuck alone. And it was, I would say it in a respectful way and I would tell you the reason why I'm telling you to leave me alone is because I'm just not feeling it and I, I came out because I wanted to do a set but I really just... I really don't want to be around people. And now that I'm, like, not drinking anymore, I've really, uh... I've really gotten rid of that. I'm really not as, uh... Isolated. Like, I spend a lot of my time alone, but I'm not isolated. It's not because I don't want to be bothered with people. I isolate myself... Because I'm kind of um, really into transforming myself. So I spend a lot of time doing affirmations and like listening to subliminal fucking messaging and uh, reading and (laughs) exercising and affirming writing. So I have a lot of uh, mental stuff and spiritual stuff that that I'm into right now. So it causes me to not be out in the world as much because I'm trying to uh, 
reprogram myself. I'm trying to reprogram myself, trying to scrub out some of that trauma, scrub out all that uh, negative uh, thoughts and change those negative beliefs so that I can start attracting a, a more positive reality for not just me, but uh, everyone, all others, because we all deserve to be happy and we all deserve to be uh, draped in prosperity and abundance and positivity and love and support and guidance and and all things uh, wonderful. So, yeah, I just been I just uh, I'm really working hard on myself because I have a lot of uh, a lot of um, transforming transforming to do transforming transforming to do because uh, I spent like almost 20 years inside of a bottle and didn't know that I was inside of a bottle until I climbed out and I'm starting to try to write about my alcoholism too but I just haven't been able to correlate it into anything funny so I, I think I'm getting there though but that's uh, another thing it's crazy because I'm listening to like these subliminal um, videos and I I listen to one that's like 20 I say 26 minutes and it's like for um, writing because that's like my biggest uh, my biggest flaw as a comedian it's I know it seems like I write a lot but I'm really I procrastinate I should be writing a whole lot more but I procrastinate because I, I, I try to find the perfect premise to write about. I want to construct that banger joke that's going to, like, knock out the whole building every time I tell it. I want every joke to be like that. So sometimes it takes me a little longer to develop material. And then I go through these periods of uh, writer's block that are, like, horrendous. But I'm kind of in one right now, but I've learned to, like try and do other things like journaling or I'll write poetry or or I'll just write my feelings down or something just to keep myself writing until the ideas start to flow again. So this is a lot of, um, because I'm trying to manifest uh, being like one of the greatest, most successful entertainers to ever walk this realm, as, as I like to put it to myself when I write it down or when I say in the mirror before I leave the house, I am one of the greatest, most successful entertainers to ever walk this realm. Like, I say that. So, <clears throat> I'm trying to match my belief. I'm trying to uh, uh, match my reality to what I believe. And it's, uh, it's, it's hard, but it's kind of fun, though. It's I didn't think I was going to get this deep because I usually don't, uh, it's hard for me to commit to things for myself. Like I could commit to things for like my family or other people, but when it comes to personal commitment, I get like a D minus F in that department. I'd be like, fuck me. It's all about everybody else. I got to give, I got to live for everybody else. And I'm starting to learn that no, I have to live for me first. 
because I can't live for everybody else if I can't live for me. And that was um, something I had uh, commented on someone's post about love, about how people, I think I talked about this last week, they talk about real love is uh, not valued. And I don't believe that. I just think that you got to work on yourself. If you can't attract the love that you desire, then maybe it's because you are not the you that you desire. And um, this is me talking from personal experience again. Like, when I was drinking, I did uh, want to date certain women. But I knew they wasn't going to put up with the alcoholism, the moodiness, the uh, unpredictable spirit that comes with being an alcoholic. So I wasn't the me. I wasn't the right me for for that. And now that I'm, I'm working on myself so that I can become that right me, I can say that. So I don't think that is love that is uh, no longer being valued. I think that people are no longer valuing themselves. And uh, with that being said, this has been a Comic Chat episode number 71. I am your host, uh, Glendon McGee. You can find me on Facebook, Glendon McGee. That's Glendon, G-L-E-N-D-O-N, McGee, M-C-G-E-E. You can find me on Insta, the gram, or IG, at GM3Comedy. That's at GM, the number three, and the word comedy. Uh... I love you guys. You guys are beautiful. I want to thank everyone who listens to this podcast. And I want to tell you that I am uh, super excited and I'm super appreciative of your focus and your attention. And uh, thank you for just donating your time and listening to me uh, ramble on and on about different things. Um, Hopefully this episode is a little bit more well received but um <laughs> nah I might get back to the original four back next week but I really don't want I really just didn't want to talk about that war because I understand what the hell that shit is that's just some rich people trying to make money so um <clears throat> yeah you can uh, find this podcast on Spotify Pocket Cast Google Podcast Radio Public and Breaker and right here on this lovely podcasting platform called Anchor, there is 70 other episodes you can listen to, including this one. Um, if you want to find out where I'm going to be telling jokes, just uh, follow me on IG. I post all the flyers and sometimes I make videos and to let you know where I'm going to be. And uh, I just want to speak positivity, love, happiness, gratitude, uh, mindfulness, uh, kindness, wealth, prosperity, and abundance over all of you. 
And I want to tell you that the life that you desire is on its way to you right now. It's coming to you quickly, easily, and effortlessly right now. I claim it right now. And I thank the universe for all of you. And I thank the universe for allowing you all to share this planet with me and create the life of your dreams. So uh, you guys are amazing. You guys are beautiful. Thank you. Until next time, I love you and goodbye.